Uh, what's going on, everyone? Just wanted to invite you. Um, if you haven't heard, this is kind of like our impromptu USO show. Uh, normally, we do shows on YouTube, but since we kind of already did that this week, we were like, oh, let's do a Twitter Spaces because we've never done one before. So, um, it's not really a did you hit... What's up? Oh, I was going to say, did you hit the record option? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. All right, perfect. Yeah, I made sure to hit that. Um, now, nah, like I was saying, sorry. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, that's all good. Um, there's really not really a script to this. Um, we're just covering a couple of the USL games, uh, how they've been playing so far, and that's pretty much it. Um, so right now we got a couple of cup sets. Uh, Tormenta, I think was the first one. Well, not the first one today at 11 a.m. They beat a Tulsa Battery team that. Um, Chip, I think you watched the game as well. Like they, they look like they were interested, but they kind of look like um, there's bigger stuff going on than soccer at the moment. So, yeah, and that I think in general, kind of I was alluding to that earlier. But the Open Cup games are always weird because it seems like there's a lot of teams that just like aren't really that participated, aren't really interested in participating in it. Um, you know, I suppose to a certain degree, if you're like a Charleston team, it's kind of one of those like, well, if we win, we're probably just going to get boat raced by uh, ATL next week or, you know, but if we lose, like whatever, we'll just say we didn't care. And you can even, that game got stormed out, but it's just weird. It's like, uh, even though there seems to be like a lack of investment in like making these successful because all of these games have like super low turnout besides Fresno. Fresno had 3,000 some people. You know, I'd say there's probably 2,000 people at Omaha. Uh, it's hard to tell with Madison uh, just because they moved the camera behind the main bleacher, but look pretty sparse there. This Greenville crowd looks incredibly sparse. Yeah. And so just, it's interesting to me. Richmond, how was the crowd at Richmond? I didn't watch that game. Greenville just scored. Oh, really? Um, so our game was in Nova. Our game was in Nova for the most part. Wow. Wow. Jay King in his back, folks. <laughs> we thought he was gone. He's back. Um, so the game wasn't in Richmond. It was in Nova, oh, okay. um, which is like two and a half hours away. Um, mm. What I read, it was like three. So this is the thing that I, I want to say. Like, it seems to be different everyone every other stadium because, like, when we went into Nova, it was like you could walk in for free. Uh, well, no media credentials. It was like, oh, you want you want tickets? Oh, just come in for free. Like, that's what it was. <laughs> um, it really wasn't nothing much to it. But, yeah, I think, in my opinion, I love the U.S. Open Cup, um, mm-hmm. especially, you know, lower league fan. I think the thing that would help improve the USL Open Cup is, one, is if they did it on Saturdays, Instead of just yeah. middle of the week, um, especially during spring break season, because I know a lot of people don't think about this, but I'm a teacher. I'm not going to use the thing of my spring break to go to, um, you know, like go to a soccer game. I might want to go on vacation. So doing Saturday, Sunday, I think that would help mm-hmm. out a little bit more. Um, and I think just if you push it up, like just push the start time up. I think right now, I think the U.S. Open Cup starts, what, March? Like, late March? Yeah, it was the middle of March is when the 
Des Moines and Minneapolis City game was. Yeah, so even before then, you're probably talking the startup line. So I'll probably say like, uh, if you start like late April, I think that gives not only the USL and the NISA teams enough to get into the regular season because right now you see a lot of rotated squads. Mm-hmm. You see, you know, you know, teams not taking it serious. But I think if you get later into the season, you kind of know right, who can start, who can't. What do we want to focus on? I think right now it's too early, but I mean, the, also I think it's just the lack of promotion around it. You know, there's barely any mm-hmm. outside of us talking about it on our show. I don't think anyone has really talked about the U.S. Open Cup, like Burnley, outside of like, oh, look at this highlight of this goal that was scored. No one's really sitting there dedicated talking to you about what team is this, what team is that, you know, telling you those stories. Yeah, and I just think, again, it's I think it's kind of the education piece of it, too, where, you know, people don't know what it is. Like, I think uh, a lot of us spend a lot of time in kind of these echo chambers with uh, supporters and really big, you know, kind of like the conversation of the difference between like a supporter and a fan, right? Yeah. But I think in this context, you know, maybe we would just say it's someone that's that's a highly motivated, highly educated consumer of lower league soccer where they know exactly what the U.S. Open Cup is. They know that, you know, hey, if we take care of business against whoever, you know, it's our opportunity to face an MLS club or, you know, using Greenville, for example, all of the Riot members know that Oakland is a pretty good club from the division above. So they know like, hey, well, let's go play this game. Let's beat a team from a higher division to show that we're a, we're a good squad and, you know, we could compete at this level. And I think that's the, the education piece that's missing. And, you know, it's partially on – the teams themselves to kind of be that educator. But I think it's also on us soccer as a whole, because I don't know. No one talks about it besides like the open cup website. Like I would, I bet you money that if Omaha has an MLS team that they draw, like the MLS teams, like probably not even going to mention the draw happened. It's going to be like, it's like we have an open cup match in Omaha. They'll be like, oh, okay, cool. But no, it, it is interesting. And it's especially sad because if you are a USL one fan, you have a lot to cheer about right now. I think um, even the teams that have lost besides um, the independence, they've all d- gone down with a fight or won. I, this is the fifth, uh, the fifth game where a USL one side could win. Yeah. Uh, USL, I think right now, is probably doing really good in U.S. Open Cup so far. I mean, Richmond got to win, Tormenta, um, redacted, lost, glad, glad about that. I know Ben is probably laughing at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Union <laughs> Omaha got a, got a good win. Uh, Greenville right now is leading one nothing. Uh, Chattanooga, even though it lost, like, outside of that one mistake, they played a decent game against the Louisville ter- team that most people will have in the top half of the Eastern Division of the USL Championship, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're doing well. And also, NOCO. Uh, I know Nick is on. He's going to be speaking to about NOCO and how they were doing. Um, I want to see more out of NOCO. Not, I, I know we played them this weekend, but I couldn't really gain an eye for the game because the red card happened so early. And then in what was it? Uh, after extra time, like I don't know, they caught our rules play with defenders. I think they were playing like a nine zero one, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Which was crazy, too, because uh, they were subbing out attacking players for other attacking players after they were already up 1-0, which I thought was kind of shocking because I thought they would, uh, you know, pick out those guys and put in more defensive-minded guys and just, like, park the bus. But they still wanted to attack, which was yeah. crazy to see, especially when they <laughs> they had that hard-fought 1-0 win there in the 95th, 96th minute. Right. And uh, overall, you know, it was just, again, it was a big win. Uh, and again, that was against a top top team in the USL uh, Championship West Division. Uh, yeah. They're not. They're not a. I wouldn't say they're probably most people's like Western Conference like a uh, finalist pick, but I, they're a solid team that I think pretty much everybody has going to the the playoffs. So it's right. definitely nothing to sneeze at, and you know, like you said, if if you're a Richmond fan. You're pretty happy that the game went so long, but at the same time, man, you wish you had some more tape with them at 10 men. Yeah. yeah I'm just... Oh, my fault. What's up, Nick? Oh, no worries. What's up? What's up, guys? Um, I just want to hop in here. So... Real quick, Nick. Wait, what's up? Can you just introduce yourself to everyone else? Hey, what's up? My name is Nick Ross, and I am a part of the Storm Chaser Supporters Group. I helped founded that with my soccer podcast called Linders and Woozers. Um, just t- trying to hop in the USL scene since I now have a local team to support. It's kind of hard to support the switchbacks being two and a half hours away. So here we are. Perfect. All right. Now we need your social security number. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. You know. No, man, how's it feel? Like, you got your first win over an in-state rival? Like, you guys I'm going to be honest. Game? It was kind of – I mean, it was probably, like, one of the best experiences of my life. But it was – like, I don't know. The center ref pissed me off pretty much the whole – 120 like I wanted to actually see like what our team could do against them not like sit back and hold on the whole time like the red card was obviously disappointing from Para yeah. but we never really got a chance to actually show our worth and we were actually you know pinging good balls together before that red card and it was kind of disappointing yeah it was from what I saw like obviously Para and the red card was definitely deserved but I mean you guys just seem to go like strength from strength with the substitution it was like Michael McCain came on, uh, Marquez Hernandez. Like, is the MO of Norco this year is, like, just we're going for it? Like, it's all offense? Yeah, it's actually pretty solid. I think uh, we actually – so, I meant – I, like, read your po- – I heard your podcast the last time, and you guys mentioned, like, the communication with the club has been pretty poor. And so, we, did, we actually had no idea that we had five injured players yesterday, so we had no um, – we didn't get to see Nordy out there. I don't think we got to see da- Daniel Scally. So pretty good players. And so I think, uh, um, and then we also introduced these three Lonies that are going to be solid USLC players coming in. And they actually played really well o- overall after like a week of practice. So I just think overall, like we'll be solid defensively, but it's mostly going to be trying to outscore opponents this year. Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of got that vibe just based on, like, how some signers were. Like, it seems like Iman kind of spent, like, all the money. Like, all right, look, we're going to put all this money into this attack. And the defense, if you guys could just not let in three, we can score four. <laughs> it's kind of like the point <laughs> of it. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Noko plays. Um, who are you guys hoping for in the next round? Like, who would you want? Do you want? Well, can you, can you guys get uh, Colorado Rapids or no? You I think we could get them, but I'm, I I kind of want New Mexico United. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I okay. think we uh, we took it to them when we were in New Mexico. 
without even our full roster being here when during preseason. So I think we could have a good chance of going through. Mm-hmm. And so as a reminder to everybody, the draw takes place tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Uh, teams will be put into regional pods of four to six or four or six. Um, and then of course, if there's any leftovers, they'll be put in a global pod. Uh, so you would think that naturally they would be in the same pod as Colorado just because they're so close. But they could end up in a pod with uh, Omaha, like the Omaha, Madison, Chicago, Minnesota pod. They could end up uh, with Salt Lake City. They could end up in New Mexico. Really for Colorado, there, there seems to be a lot of uh, opportunity for them to be drawn with a bunch of interesting matchups just because geographically they are kind of like in the middle of a bunch of people. And so if they go four or six, that'll really kind of change who, who and where they go. Yeah, Memphis just scored a rocket. By the way, for anyone that is uh, not watching that game, God, I want to ask you this: If Chattanooga FC beats Memphis, how much of a disappointment is that in for Chattanooga? What will losing to Louisville last night, or is it just a case of two different championship squads? I think as a a lover of chaos, you know, I, I really wanted that Ch- Chattanooga match. I mean, Twitter would be like toxic for the two weeks matching up or leading up to it. I think that'd be a lot of fun to just like, Oh, we were going to do a live that. show. We were going oh, to yeah, go it live. Great. It was going to be great for hashtag content. I probably would have skipped the Omaha match because it's the same night. Cause it would be wild. Uh, and you know, then we could be a nice little like third party host the space, kind of moderate them yelling at each other, even though they're probably out the game. But no, that had been a lot of fun. And, you know, again, it was – when you saw that draw for, for Chattanooga, Red Wolves, it was definitely like, oh, shit, like Louisville's a tough team. Memphis, I think, is uh, not as great. I think in the USL Tactics Power Rankings, they're towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference. But, you know, it's it's sad that we're not going to get that. But I think there are uh, a lot of fun matches we could potentially have. I think technically we could get a Rochester – Darby, but no one watches MLS Next or Nisa teams, so that's not as exciting, I guess. Nah, it wouldn't be. Um, I don't know. I mean, you got some potential for some interesting matchups. Like, you could possibly get a Richmond DC United. You could possibly mm-hmm. get. Uh, let me see. Is Atlanta United in the next round? I think they are. They are. So you could get Tormenta Atlanta United, which would be fun. That that would be. Could- that would be a nice game. Um, you get Greenville, Charlotte. That would be fun. Yeah, you could get that. Um, There's a lot of really fun ones, and I think that's the big thing is, you know, as USL1 fans, uh, we did really well this year. You know, this cup competition is kind of met so that the MLS teams don't have to play lower division teams and possibly get embarrassed. But yeah. it's going to be hard for them to avoid it with – what's looking like uh, essentially my mask bad right now. Eight teams going <laughs> up. Eight teams going through from USL1. Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Uh, and they have it Fuego, set up. So Madison, that... Hailstorm, Richmond, Tormenta, Tucson, Omaha, and potentially Greenville. So it could be, yeah. It, yeah, eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got to imagine a couple of those teams get them just – just purely looking at geography with Omaha, uh, for those of you that are listening that don't know, I'm an Omaha fan. So if you look at like the most, the matchups that make the most sense for Omaha to be in, 
it's a pot of Minnesota United, Chicago Fire, and Madison. So it's like, well, Minnesota United and Chicago can't play each other because they're both MLS clubs. So that means Omaha, Omaha could look to get either Chicago Fire or Minnesota United, which the best part about that, and that's why I want Chicago Fire, there's no way Chicago Fire is going to want to host that game. They, no one goes to their games right now. The last thing they want to do is uh, run out Soldier Field on a random Wednesday night in the middle of April for a thousand fans to come watch them play some team none of them have ever heard of. So that means yeah, that no. the Fire probably coming would probably be coming to Omaha to play at Morrison or Coniglia Field, which would be crazy, and it'd be I think it'd be really great for the team because even though the Chicago Fire are not that great or not that loved here in Omaha. It's something where the team, if they wanted to, could really make a concerted marketing effort of, you know, hey, we're playing an MLS team in a competition that matters. This isn't a friendly. This is a game with actual stakes. Yeah. And and again, that's just the magic of the cup. Like, can you imagine DC United at City Field? Oh, I have. (laughs) I want that so badly. Because half of Richmond is DC fans. Mm-hmm. And I want to rub it in their face. <laughs> well, and even then, like, if they play at D.C., like, that'd be really easy for you guys to take up a huge group for that. Yeah, no, it would, it would be fun. I think, and I kind of am um, mad thinking of this, like, if you don't get D.C. United in Richmond, I will gladly take North, North Carolina Fusion U23. And I'm not saying, like, because they're the only – Oh, wow. They are really the only USL League 2 team left. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that because of that, but I want I want the path that guarantees us going further in this competition, mm-hmm. and I think that would be the North Carolina people. With the two other North Carolina teams um, that were in it in this round being removed, that's being North Carolina FC and Charlotte Independent, who we all now known as Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> that is their name. Yeah, and the yeah. further you go, the further the expo- exposure. So, right. be nice yeah. for you. It, it will be. It will be fine. Um, Ben, I'm gonna let you speak. I want to ask you a couple of questions, sir. Hopefully, you can come on. I just invited you, by the way. I caught the. Uh, I'm gonna let Ben speak, and then lost the end of it. So, what's up? Oh no, I wanted to hear your thoughts on. Uh, Charlotte Independent, not Charlotte Independent, Charlotte FC about to enter in in the next round. Do you have your eye on anyone you want to play? Were you hoping for a Charlotte Derby, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I think that would have been pretty cool to see the Independents play Charlotte FC in general. Um, like right now, I think it's going to be exciting no matter who they play because um, it'll be like an inaugural U.S. Open Cup game. I hope it's home. Um but, like, honestly, I'd really like to see them play NC Fusion because uh, I think that would be a really cool matchup. There's a lot of, like, um, some, like, crossover from, like, old, like, Brant Bronico, who's a midfielder for Charlotte FC, went through NC Fusion's, uh, like, uh, he played for them years back. But um, And there's a lot of little connections here and there. And I think it would be cool to see them get some exposure that they deserve, like, I don't think they would beat them or, like, not lose by four goals. Um, but I also think, like, NC Fusion looked really good. Um, like, they they went down a few times, I think, um, 
and they fought back and like um I'd just be excited to see whoever they play. I'm really excited to see who they get drawn with because um, they they could make some noise. I mean, nothing, anything is possible at this point. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I think I've got a, like a mild hot take about the independence uh, as well that uh, – and this may seem like my bias is showing, but um, to be honest with you, against the Fusion, Miguel Ibarra, like I kept forgetting he was on the pitch. Like, and I know, I guess he's, he has been a really good player in the past, but like, I don't think he's going to be able to save the independence or make them even mildly competitive this year. Um, Cause anybody that watched that game and granted it was their first game of the year, but they did not look good. Um, like no, they got played off the pitch by a league two team, um, which is never good. No matter who that is. Uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It did. It gave you a little cause for concern because it seemed like the, the way I'm thinking about it, it seems like they got him and maybe like one other person, and was like, "All right, we're just gonna throw a bunch of kids at this and hope for the best." Well, it's the NCFC strategy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Well, and then you're. And they've got a lot the of turnover team. too. Like they only brought back like three people from last year. And they were like, one of the players, uh, Clay Dimmick, played like an okay amount of time, but the two other guys were like second or third options in their positions. Um, well, so not to mention Irvin Para, went to, who was the second leading scorer on the team last year, went to a different League One club. Yeah. Yeah. Irvin Para is going to be fun to watch because he was really good for the Independence last year. Um, and the fact that I assume anyways, he's going to be like the guy for uh hailstorm. That's going to be really exciting to watch. And, and that being said, like the independents don't really have like a, a striker, like, and the guy who they had playing striker, he like was just really slow. And, um, I mean, I guess he could be a target guy, but I don't know that I think they've got a lot of, and I've only vaguely kept track of it, but. They've got a ton of new parts and a completely new roster. And uh, there are a bunch of younger guys, too, like I think someone had already mentioned, too. So I think I think it's going to be a long season for them. So, But um, the other cool thing is the Charlotte FC guy, they uh, signed and then loaned down to the Independence. He had a pretty decent game, I think. Um, McNeil, I think, is his name. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too, uh, when they made that announcement with partnering with Charlotte FC. I saw a lot of people make uh, MLS Next jokes, but uh, this is essentially, from my understanding, the same as, like, a lot of teams have had. Like, Madison has had it with the Fire in Minnesota United before. Um, I'm trying to think who else. A couple of teams have had these partnerships with the MLS where they send down a handful of guys every single year to get some minutes and uh, – just kind of get their legs underneath them a bit. And so while the MLS next jokes are funny, it's, it's kind of weird to see though, because I would assume that Charlotte FC has their own MLS next team. So yeah. And they are, they would need the players. Uh, They've already talked about like um, starting their own MLS next team. They're going to start next year. Cause of course they had, they had bigger things to do starting an MLS team this year. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. And I think they've even said, that they wanted to have their 
MLS next pro team outside of Charlotte. So like, I guess there's a scenario that um, they buy the, that Charlotte SC buys the independence and then moves them out of Charlotte. But I think that's an outside chance because I don't know what, uh, I don't know why Charlotte FC would do that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to gain from, from doing that. Um, but who knows? Crazier things have, have definitely happened in lower division soccer. Crazier things have happened. That is we always know. Um, I don't know. I mean, the way I feel about the independence is kind of just like, one, fuck them because they blocked me for a little joke, so they're soft. Uh, two, <laughs> the owners are racist. And three, like, they can't even like pay their players. Yeah, like, that's the other thing. Like, it'd be one thing if they were just like a, a poorly run organization, but like they were at least were paying their players and staff. But like, they can't even do that. Yeah. And that's where like, it's it's hard to like even be like, oh yay, they're gonna like. I hope they're exciting or like not terrible, but like, they're just poorly run. And I don't wish them ill, but like, if you can't even pay people on time, then. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much longer you should be a club. Like, like that's kind of harsh, maybe, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like paying people is kind of a core competency of any organization. It is. Like, if you can't get that down, like, there's going to be some issues. Because if you don't pay people and expect them to work for free, that's called slavery, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then like at that point too, like you don't pay people on time or like consistently, and then like, oh their entire roster leaves. Like, I wonder if there's a connection there. Um, hmm, like, that's... There's probably Maybe something... Had, yeah. Maybe Parra had some bounce checks, and so he's like, well, I'm bouncing out of here and going to NOCO instead. <laughs> Where they're going to pay me a shit time. Probably. I mean, I got to imagine oh, they're yeah. just backing up the Brinks trucks with some of the guys they got this year. Yeah, no, I mean... <sighs> U.S. Open Cup is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this finishes. I think right now we're at halftime. Uh, we will, well, the only three games are – oh, never mind. Chattanooga is up 3-1 against Memphis. That's – wow. What is going on with Memphis, man? I mean, Chip, I want to ask you this question because I've really been wondering. Um, mm-hmm. Out of all your boys that went up to USL Championship, I want you to give them a letter mm-hmm. grade based on how they're doing. So, we got what? Evan Conway, Devin Boys, Greg Hurst. Uh, Sousa and Viadera, right? Is anyone else I'm forgetting? Mm-hmm. Or are we just all twelve? A few. So, so A pluses would definitely go to Firmino. Firmino's made a couple teams of the week. He's uh, not the captain, but the vice captain of uh, Atlanta too. Okay. So he's been doing really well. Didn't really do much for us last year, but I think it kind of just shows the depth of talent on that team. And I think ultimately, I think that. The storyline here is all the guys on Omaha went to really, really deep teams. So they're going to have to fight to be a part of those rosters. And they might even be a guy that they look to a year down the road. The other guy, Bobby Murphy Jr., went to New York Red Bulls, probably also in that kind of A plus or like B plus A range. He's the captain of their team, scored his first professional goal. Uh, and again, it's just those two teams are, are really, really bad, but you know, you're still coming out, you're being a valuable player. And I think it's going to do wonders for them as they try to 
either break through to the first teams of those organizations or to get a contract in a few years, another championship squad, getting those solid minutes, kind of um, everybody, I'd say uh, Hurst, Hurst and uh, Sosa. Sosa's probably a B. He's gotten a player of, he's gotten a team of the week. He's played like every single game. He's done a good job. Nothing crazy though, but it's, they have him playing as like a center back. So it's a little weird, which is he played right back for us, but you know, he's doing good. He's playing nothing but good things to say. Uh, then kind of everybody else, but um, Dami, who we'll talk about in a second, I would say probably is in that like C range. But again, a lot of that's just because they haven't been able to get on the field much. And a lot of that just has to do with the fact that they're on these super talented teams and, in Boyce's case, they're on a bad team, and he's just gotten burnt a couple ba- a couple times. And I would say of the the two guys, him and Malloy, they definitely relied on Malloy a lot more than Boyce, even though they play semi similar roles. But they're on some of the best teams in the league, and so kind of being able to break through is going to be a little bit harder. But I think they're going to be better players for it long term, especially since uh, Miner standing is they have pretty long contracts. And then the big surprise is Dami hasn't played at all, but I, so he's kind of an NA. Just I think um, if I had to make an assumption, I'd say he's probably having some visa issues or he's, you know, hurt or something and they just haven't said anything because I would imagine with how much money they paid for him, you'd probably uh, have plans to start him. So I just think he's uh, having something else going on that's preventing him from being on the field yet because he's the only guy who hasn't played. Yeah, but yeah, pretty much everyone's started at least one game. You know, most a lot of them have scored goals, so I think it's just one of those. Uh, you know, it's a long season, and but they're all on really good squads, and so if they keep batting and they can break through, they're going to have really good seasons and really good long careers. But just right now, it's a little early, and I think a lot of them are just kind of making that adjustment still from uh, League One to top half of Championship. Yeah, that's true. I, I think the one I'm most impressed with right now is definitely Evan Conway, just based on the impact he's had so far. Like, I think he's had the biggest impact out of anyone. Mm-hmm. He scored last night. Oh, uh, well, he had a brace, right? Did he? I didn't end up watching that full game because uh, I was oh, watching the Tucson game, but he might have. Did he score? He scored at least one. Yeah, he scored with my phone. He didn't have a brace. But, I mean, I, I think he's been the most impressive so far. Um, mm-hmm. well, should we go ahead and get into these games for this upcoming week? Starting tomorrow, matter sure. of fact, uh, we got Charlotte yeah. playing Central Valley Fuego, and Charlotte just signed four players out of nowhere. <laughs> Did they? I, I'm surprised. Can you see their tweets, <laughs> or how'd you fight, figure out the sign? Um, guys? so I can see it on my personal account. They blocked us from walking 90 because they're soft. <laughs> I would not like that joke, though. Um, I mean, I think, again, with this game, Fuego, it is interesting because I think Fuego has had the blow-up that I expected Noco to have this mm-hmm. year, especially with, like, the fans that, you know, there's a lot to pay attention to, and some of the signing news is kind of dry and boring. And, you know, when your team's getting all these new players, it's kind of easy to ignore what's going on with other players. But, you know, Fuego's definitely kind of been the bell of the ball so far this year. They had the big 2-0 win over Greenville. They had the big, like, what, 5-1 win over uh, El Paso Locomotive, which I thought was hilarious because um, I saw a Fuego fan 
say the fact that they let one in was very disappointing, which is like, dude, you guys won five. Right. Like, calm, calm down. You're right. good. But, yeah, I, mean, I think they're going to, you know, short week. They've got to travel across the country. But Charlotte's look pretty listless at all times. And I just – I got to imagine Fuego wins, like, two zero three zero. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Kind of in the same boat. I now I will say this: I do think Fuego has lucked up. Like we talked about on the show, like with some of the goals they scored, and just some of the piss poor defending <laughs> they've been up against. <laughs> um, I I really think they 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 have benefited from that fact. But outside of that, I mean, when the opportunity arises, you take your chance and you score. Um. Yeah. I'm going with you. I don't expect this game to be close at all. I actually expect it to be like a 3-1, 3 nothing win. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I think the big thing to remember with that, too, is half the reason that they were in those positions to score those kind of lucky goals was because they were pressing so high and because they were making Greenville make tough choices. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what led to those. But, yeah, I mean, right now, like, it's really hard to – Pick against Fuego playing Charlotte, uh, yeah, and say anything but a blowout. Yeah, um, let's skip. Uh, All right, one random thing I want to jump in and mention about Fuego mm-hmm. is that uh, Christian Cheney, who's obviously been doing really good this year, he played on the Independence. I think at like 2018 or 2019. I think saw the field like two times, so it's kind of a revenge game for him. Okay, uh, so I'll be curious to see. Assuming he plays. Um, what he's going to do against his, his old team. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Y'all have a good rest of your night and down with the independence. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, that's an even better point because I believe Cheney was the guy who had the two goals against uh, Greenville. So that'd be interesting. And if he can do it again, you know, he kind of becomes a, a guy that could be in the – the golden boot race that maybe people didn't expect to be. So I think most people looked at Villian and said, that's the guy that's going to go for the golden boot yeah. from Fuego. So that'd be cool to see him rush out to an early start. Yeah, it would be, it would be cool to, to see him kind of get out of there and get things flowing. Um, all right. Next game we got, we got Richmond versus Noco. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know how to call this game. I don't know whether to call this a draw. Because I can see either team winning it. And I can see this game being a complete draw. Because I think they play into each other's hands so much. Richmond is really tough and stout on defense. Noko is this offensive juggernaut with these names that we've all heard. So I'm leading more. It, I can see Richmond winning this one nothing. I can see Noko winning this 2-1. It just all depends on how like the minuscule moments break down for either team. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick, we'll get your take last on this one since uh, I'm sure you've got a good take on this one. But, you know, I, th- I think it's going to be similar. I think uh, Richmond's looked really good this year. You know, they obviously had that 4-0 win over Tucson, who I don't think is necessarily a slouch by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Noko's going to be a little bit tired, though. They're going to be traveling, you know, kind of short week. I, I, I think it's going to be 2-2. Okay, Nick, what you got? Is yeah. how I think this one ends. Yeah, I think uh, I think a draw is good. I think we got tired legs and plus the injuries, and still trying to figure out what our tactics are going to be like in the league still. So, 
I do think we'll score some goals, though, but I think we will have some tired legs on defense. So I think, yeah, 2 2 is actually pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, it's really like a toss up game. Like this game, you can go any which way you want it to, and you can't go wrong. You couldn't go wrong. All I'm saying is you're going to see a resurgent Lachlan. He's been on fire since he's been back. Mm-hmm. He seems confident. He seems like his injuries are behind him. He's got, let's see, I think five goals now since joining the club, four in preseason. Or no, four goals now. He just assisted the goal last night. Oh, man. He's going to yeah, be good. He, yeah, he was really, really good in 2020. Then obviously last year he had the injury. But, yeah, I think he's going to have a – and, you know, that's that's a team that has a lot of weapons for a guy like him to have around him. And I think that makes a guy like him even more dangerous because you just can't mark him like some teams are doing in uh, 2020 at Greenville. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun game. Like, I would say that is – for on-the-field stuff, I'd say that's probably my, my game of the week. Yeah. I think the crazy like thing about he... this NOCO team is the fact that so many of these guys, you would have thought, like, oh, they're going to the championship. Oh, he's going to the championship. And the fact that they came back to League One, like, I, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of it's kind of insane, in fact. Because you would imagine, like, all these guys are star players on other teams. And now they're coming in, and some of them kind of overlap at the same position. I'm not trying to, like, play devil's advocate or anything like that. I'm just saying, it's just mm-hmm. very weird. That oh, it's crazy. So many star players who were stars on their own construction team coming in now to kind of just be that backups, but, you know, you're going to be sitting or you might start this game. You might sit too. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how all of them kind of adjust to that place with a head coach that is fresh, you know. It's going to be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I call them a team of mercenaries. That's really what they feel like. It's all these guys that excelled at other League One clubs, excelled at championship, and you know, for some reason or another, they're they're playing at NoCo now, and I think uh, especially if they can get that team to click, they're going to be a really dangerous squad. And I'm jealous of Nick because I'm sure they're going to have a very fun year watching that team. Yeah, the seven that seven of us that made it out there were super pumped. Yeah, uh, it was a good time. It's going to be a fun end. I think that's probably going to be the vibes game of the week. In my opinion, um, and I say all that, and mm-hmm. it probably won't be. <laughs> um, It'll be like last week all over again. Yeah, right. Absolutely right. Um, next thing we got is NCFC versus Chattanooga Red Wolves. Um, Chattanooga last two games, they have not looked bad, but they lost games on defensive errors. Something that I I know Jimmy O'Blade is pissed with. Like he he hates that. Um, mm-hmm. I can really see Chattanooga kind of wrapping up for this one. I can see them pulling away from this game early on and no kind of like to get it back into it late. So I'm going to go Chattanooga 2, NCFC 1. What you, what you got, Chuck? I think with this game, um, it is kind of weird uh, that, Char- that Chattanooga has kind of been – Chattanooga now two games in a row getting scored on late uh, in the fifth minute of stoppage time uh, in the second half against Madison and then in like the 80th minute yesterday versus Louisville and I know after the the Madison game I posted the the Usher song Trading Places because that's really the weird thing about Chattanooga this year they've they've looked good in the first half and have kind of faded I don't know if that's a, a fitness thing or personnel thing or what but 
You know, I think um, in this game, I could, I think it's going to be a one zero. Uh, I'm deciding right now, which is why I'm hesitating. Oh, no, game. I definitely feel I like think it's going to be a one one zero. I think it's going to be one zero Chattanooga. I'll go the opposite direction of Brandon on this one. I just think, um, I think Chattanooga is a good team. I think Chattanooga is probably pretty pissed about the two performances. I think they're going to come out. They're going to beat NCFC 1-0. It's not going to be pretty. And they'll score in the first half, not the second half. And then Obleda is going to have them locked down because I am sure he is not a very happy camper about their performance in the last 20 minutes of the past two games. Ahead. Now, how many burpees do you think he's going to have them run if they give up another late goal this week? All of the burpees. <laughs> it's going to be like, come at six. What time are we done today, coach? You're done when I say you're done. Coach, I'm tired. Oh, that's too bad. Run again. (laughs) (laughs) You you didn't seem too tired in the last half of that game. (laughs) But, no, yeah, I think – I don't know. I think uh, they're a very well-coached team. They've got a lot of really good pieces on that team. I just think it's – an NCFC, I think, while they're a lot better than they were last year, I I just don't think they're that good at home. And so I think uh, Chattanooga is not going to want to – have uh, no wins in their first three games this year, and I think they're going to come out swinging. Do we got Mr. Kyle Carr on the call? Oh, look at him. We do. Come on, Kyle. Hop on, buddy. I'll need to hurry up because I invited him twice. Just in, just in time for the, the last right. pick of the day. That, that's all he cares about. That's all he cares about. Um, well, Kyle's figuring out how to use technology. Yeah, sorry. I finally and stop being a family man so that was kind of nice um there you go i'm so proud of you (laughs) yeah i can't not not be a family man but i was i jumped on and so i heard the no co score prediction and then also the chattanooga and and ncfc and i actually think that's gonna be a one-one draw i think north carolina is going to want to make this a frustrating game Mm -hmm. And not to say that Chattanooga isn't going to try in the first half. I don't think they'll blow the lead. I think they'll actually come from behind. I think North Carolina catches them uh, a little bit earlier. Gets an early goal, maybe like 30th-ish minute. And then Chattanooga will kind of get something probably around like the 50th or 60th minute. Just because I think those legs are getting tired between probably not being fully fit going into the Madison game. And now you just play in a tough Open Cup match on the road. I don't know. I can see them slipping a little bit early on the floor, turning it around. So I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Yeah. I mean, there's also a case for North Carolina to really get points out of this game because the next two games are at home against Greenville and Grinch. Noko, who you imagine by that point will be tired because they'll be on the road so much. Um, so there's a chance Noko probably – I mean, not, not Noko. NCFC really tries to go for this knowing that Hey, we got three games at home. Let's try to, you know, rack up points now versus trying to do it on the back end. Um, it'll be interesting. Let's try to see. Um, last game we got is the Derby of Petty, El Petico, as you all like to call it. Um, for Madison, Eugene Alphon, I'm going to shut the fuck up and let y'all two talk. Wait, I thought Greenville Omaha was El Petico. When did it shift to Madison? I don't know. Madison, Madison, and Omaha are like the. Uh, Have you used your I don't know what's this. I had something really good, but I can't think of it. But it, essentially, the Omaha fans chirp a lot at the Madison fans, and then the Madison fans pretend like we don't exist until they win, and then they 
talk a lot of shit. But, you know, I think um, I know that there's a strong contingent of Omaha fans coming out. I think like 20 or 30 of them. So there's going to be a nice little away section. That'll be fun. You know, Madison always is uh, a fun game. I think this is a good draw. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how many people come to the game. It's, uh, you know, Madison obviously was has always been very well attended. And now that they've kind of been able to, not to say that we're out of COVID, but to say that it's kind of calmed down a bit. And I think they're kind of resuming some of the promotions and group sales and things like that that made them successful in the past. I bet you have pretty damn close to full house. Um, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I have a prediction that Omaha will have a surprise announcement on Saturday about a player signing. Uh, just because Jay is a pretty petty man and he takes too much after Bill Belichick. But ultimately, I think it's probably going to be a 1-1 draw. Just because I, especially after watching that Omaha game, I think our attack looked great. We put 20 shots on frame. Uh, seven on target, but uh, only slipped one pass and needed a, a late, late own goal by Des Moines to go through. So I think 1-1 one, one feels about right. I think we're going to burn them on the counter one time, but that back line of Madison's going to hold solid for the most part. And then they'll they'll score a goal, of course, because that's what they do. Yeah. Just to be annoying and get, make it a draw. <laughs> All right, Kyle, what you got, bud? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, it's going to be the home opener. So as long as the weather is not as shitty as it was last night, I would expect a pretty strong turnout. Uh, obviously, with last year, it was kind of tough to know with COVID and the restrictions that the city had. So I do expect it to be a packed house between, obviously, Madison Vance showing up and I know and the Omaha crew traveling out for it. These games have pretty much been relatively – they've been competitive every matchup. So it's not like one team has dominated the other. There have definitely been times where – even if Omaha wins, it was still a close contested matchup and same thing with Madison wins. I'm going to say a 2-2 draw more so because I'm curious to see how Madison lines up. I don't know if Bartman is going to start. I mean, he's looked really good these first two games. He's gotten himself in good positions. So if he starts, I can see Madison getting off to an early start. But Tiam did not start or wasn't even on the bench for the Open Cup match. So it is possible that they're going to have him out there, maybe have him start and Strang and Barbikoff bench, kind of like what happened with Chattanooga. I don't know. Cassini's, it's interesting to see how they'll line up. I still expect them to go with that three in the back, but considering some of the guys that probably started, like Roll J. Smith, he might come off the bench in place of Maldonado. Alvin Smith just got into town today, so maybe he gets an early call. It'll be, I'll be curious to see how that midfield matches up because if Madison goes with their three, four, three, five, three, three, five, two, one, you know, kind of formation. Does Omaha's midfield do the job that it needs to? I think there's going to be one goal off the set piece, uh, but I'll say two, two. It'll, it'll be close. I feel as though it's going to be a back and forth uh, situation. I don't think any team's going to want to, especially Madison being at home. I think they're going to want to try and attack more often. Um, when you were naming out the formation, it's not like you were giving out the area code for a Nelly video. But I think you want to say I was over here reminiscing about that for a second. Um, <laughs> Hold it over my head. I'm leaning more so in Madison's um, favor just because based on the last two games I've seen, um, I've been really impressed with their attacking notions. Um, I think they got some confidence against Cleveland, um, when I watched Union Omaha versus Des Moines Menace, 
Fun fact, Raleigh Kraft was on the field for those who didn't know. He used to play for the Richmond Kickers. He's at Des Moines Minutes now. Um, probably looking to get back into the game short, shortly at a higher level. Um, but I was a little I was a little concerned with Junior Alma just I know they had a bunch of shots, but they seemed to get a little bit frustrated, a little stagnant. Um in the offensive final third. So I'm a little concerned about that. And I'm still I still think this is a team looking to gel and figure things out on the go. Um, don't get me wrong, Jamie Mills is an amazing coach. He's a great head coach, but there's only so much a head coach can do when the guys are on the field and they're still trying to figure out trying to position. Um so I'm gonna mm-hmm. lead early on this year. Early on, I'm gonna go two one. Um I think Madison scores one around 67th minute. And then Union Omaha just goes for the take at that point and just try to shoot from any point, almost like Steph Curry. So, yeah, that, that's more what I believe it's Since we get everyone on, let's go ahead. Let's kind of talk about it now. Um, guys, what is your – and for those that are new to the show, I'm assuming some of y'all are new or not new, um, what's your chaos pick for this week? Omaha, Madison. Okay. Kyle, what you got? Kyle's being a family man again. Oh, Kyle, you suck. Um, for me, I'm going to go. Actually, no, I, I was looking up the matches. So, I'm actually going to go NCFC. No, actually, I say Richmond Ailstorm. I don't know what to expect from NOCO. I think Richmond is definitely going to try and get them on the counter with the attacking players that NOCO has. I think Richmond's going to want to go on the counter. I feel like there's going to be a couple cards in this one. I can feel this one get a little bit chippy, so I'm actually going to go kickers, uh, NOCO. Um, and I have a totally different pick. I'm going to go – oh, man. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go NCFC Chattanooga just because I, I can see both teams needing the points early on kind of correct their season, get back in the flow of things. Um, so I'm going with that pick. All right, last one. What is your guys' vibes pick of the week? Chip, I'll let you go first. Uh, I'm going to say Fuego. That's a Friday night game. That's one of those. Have some dinner, crack a beer, and just watch what I think is just going to be an absolute beatdown. Great time. You know, have a good laugh. You know, go about your son or go about your Friday night and then get ready for uh Slate of three games in the or three games at night for uh, the rest of the league one. Now, what you got, my friend? This one, I'm this one, I'm going to put uh, Madison Omaha just because I feel like if you're trying to get a neutral to watch it, this is the matchup of the week. I think um, between the atmosphere that it's going to be in the stadium, between the, the potential attacking or attempting at attacking from both teams, I I could see this one just being a good watch for more casual or those that don't have a match this week to keep an eye on. Uh-huh. And for me, I'm going to go for Vibes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Fuego and Fuego and Independence. I think this is going to get out of Independence hands early on very quick. Don't be surprised if you see a red card. Don't be surprised if you see three goals. Um, yeah. So that's going to be fun. Um, gentlemen, before we wrap up, any last things before we uh, – round out our first ever Twitter spaces. Um, it's good to see USL League One do pretty well in the Open Cup. I'm saying this as Greenville was ahead 1-0. I have no clue if that has changed. No, it's still but the same. It's just, 
Okay. It's good to see USL League One teams do pretty well. I mean, other than independence, I think, you know, North Carolina had a tough matchup against Rio Grande Valley. Chattanooga had a really tough match going into Louisville, which is hard for even a championship team, let alone a League One team. So I think it's just good to see the league overall represent itself well. You know, most of the teams won their matchups, so it'll be interesting to see if any of them get matched up in round three of the Open Cup or how many MLS or championship teams they get matched up with. So good job, USL League One, for representing itself well in the US Open Cup. Definitely. Any last things for you, Chip? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of the same sentiments is I think it really shows the quality of the league that we've been uh, doing so well in this first uh, game of our first round of the Open Cup for League One teams. It's going to be really fun tomorrow to see uh, who gets uh, paired up with MLS teams. I think it's a, a great opportunity for a lot of these teams to kind of be introduced to the soccer community at large with these big matchups. Like I said, there's some pretty juicy geographical matchups for pretty much every single League One team that advance that I think would be really helpful for them in marketing their team locally. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun, even if the results aren't great. And just purely by the numbers, I think we'll probably see a USL one team upset an MLS team, which will be great for bragging rights for those team, that team. And yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully it's Richmond over DC. <laughs> um, I partially want the Chicago fired, but I also am fearful that they've been very good defensively. Yeah, and it would worry me. But... That's what I'm, I'm hoping they rest their player, you know, and then i got to have a conflict with Blackfires. It, it might get messy, but it's either them or Minnesota, I guess, in terms of MLS teams that four bats that could potentially draw. Right. All right. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Minnesota United or Chicago. It's going to be Minnesota United, Chicago, Omaha, Madison, and a pod. And if they do six, then that means you could get, like, a – St. Louis City 2 in Tulsa or, like, uh, Denver and uh, NoCo. So, pretty good pods for a potential MLS matchup. Yeah, yeah, it is going to be interesting. All right, well, gentlemen, gents, ladies, and everyone else, uh, we want to say thank you guys for hopping on with us. Um, next week, we'll be back on person. You can check us out on YouTube at Walking90. You can also follow our Twitter. Uh, don't block us. You know, we make jokes, but it's all like hearted fun. You know, don't be like Team Redacted and think <laughs> that results don't matter because they're Trump supporters. But as always, everyone, we will holler at y'all later. Be safe. Be easy. We'll holler at y'all later. Peace. <laughs>